2: Remember, you can listen to full-length episodes of the Doctor's Kitchen podcast wherever you listen to pods, and my latest cookbook is 321. Three portions of fruit and vegetables per person, two servings per recipe, and all using one pan. Curries, stews, tray bakes, you name it, it's in the cookbook. When i was at medical school we would think that you know uh our thinking is pretty concrete we can't really uh train our neural pathways let alone create new connections but this kind of crosses over into some of the concepts that you've discussed in your book like neuroplasticity and um brain agility uh, uh mm-hmm. could you d- discuss brain agility and how that relates to neuroplasticity and and, and how we how we train that
1: yeah. So brain agility is really being able to move between different ways of thinking okay. and an understanding in a snapshot that you do have preferences because you've been thinking in a certain way for a very long time. Mm. And, you know, like I said, most commonly logic is a big part of that because of the schooling system. But, you know, for some people like me, I would say that I have always kind of lived and died by my intuition so um and then and journaling was a very good way of honing that even further and and having the confidence to say okay that might not make sense logically but i feel that it's the right thing for me and you know that was partly behind choosing to write a book where you're you know as a as a scientist you're going to start talking about spirituality um it was definitely a felt thing that that's what i was going to do and you know whatever the outcome was i would you know I'd manage that and make it work so so brain agility is basically about being able to make a decision that is based on logic, but is also based on intuition and, you know, what you're feeling in your body, what you're feeling emotionally, um, understanding what might be motivating you to do that, having the resilience to keep going, even if, you know, it's it's tough and mm. it's challenging. Um, and then that little bit of thinking outside of the box as well. And so how neuroplasticity relates to that is a lot of people say, well, I'm just a logical person. Um No, I'm not very empathic. I don't really know what you mean when you say, what's your gut telling you? Mm. Um, And I was told at school that I'm not good at drawing. So I'm definitely not creative. Mm. And it's about saying, actually, you can build up those pathways that correlate to those ways of thinking, just like you would learn a language. Um, So I'm not going to say it's easy because it pretty much is like learning a language. So, um, you know, if you had to learn a new language now, just think about how long that would take you and how much effort it would take. It's the same if you're going to build up emotional intelligence or build up access to your intuition or or find ways to express your creativity um but it's absolutely possible
2: I love that analogy I think that's so um that's so important to understand because I think a lot of people will do a few meditation sessions or a few journaling sessions and and it was not for me it didn't work sort of thing without really understanding yeah. the amount of time and effort it takes. Mm. And to compare it to learning a, like a, a language, I think it's brilliant. I also think it's very empowering for people because I think uh, when we look at things that um, are external to the self, so exercising, for example, or changing mm-hmm. your diet, these intuitively seem like logical things to be able to do to change your well-being or your mental health, et cetera. But when it comes to um, intuition and the ability to mm-hmm. exercise different thought patterns, I think the prevailing view even now is, well, this is how I am. This is, I'm a product yeah. of my childhood or what my teachers taught me or mm-hmm. the way my brain works. And this is what I'm wired mm-hmm. to do. Ergo, I can't change that. But but in your book, you actually talk about exercising intuition um, and and you've given us a whole bunch of different action points as well to, to, to do that. Could we talk a little bit about exercising intuition, what, what you feel the most effective tools are that you've used in your in your professional career?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we're so on the same wavelength because you you actually said a few things. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I must mention this <laughs> and I must mention that. And um, so particularly, you talked about exercise and diet. And I know that, you know, the theme of your podcast is like, you know, eating for reverse aging or eating for this reason or that reason. And so I did want to specifically say that... Um, yeah, great, go ahead and do those physical things first because they will promote your neuroplasticity and then you'll feel more able to take on a bigger challenge like intuition or something. So aerobic exercise contributes to um, neuroplasticity through connecting up existing neurons through synapses, but also through something called neurogenesis, which is the growth of embryonic nerve cells into fully formed nerve cells. Um, Calorie restriction through... um, Intermittent fasting or time restricted fasting also contributes to neuroplasticity and eating foods with dark skin, so like blueberries, blackberries, black beans, dark chocolate, um, that also promotes neuroplasticity. I wanted to get those things in because yeah, I think yeah. that's like <laughs> a big theme for you. Um, so if you start doing all of those good things, you're feeding your brain with the glucose and the oxygen and the antioxidants and all that stuff that it needs to start growing and changing. And then Let's say that you don't have a regular journaling practice. Start journaling. That's a new activity for you. Novelty also stimulates your brain to um, to grow and change. The, a real game changer for me was reading back over my journal. So, you know, journaling is great because it gets rid of stuff from your mind and, um, you know, helps you to sort out your thoughts and everything. But for a very long time, I would write in a journal, but I wouldn't really read back over it. Mm. And the way that I realised how much there was to learn from that was that I go to um, to Boston twice a year to teach at MIT. And I was, you know, and I, I really kind of, I'm obsessed with sleep, so I hate being jet lagged and I'm always, you know, trying to like find ways to deal with that as well as possible. Um, so I take a lot of supplements with me when I travel. And I was getting um, like little muscular twitches. And so I thought oh, I wonder what I wrote in my journal when I was here six months ago. And I looked in my journal and I'd written, I'm getting these you know, restless legs and these little muscular twitches. Um, and then I realised that the stress of travel, I needed to up my dose of magnesium, mm. which is you know, when you're low in magnesium, you get the twitchy eyelid and you get little muscle twitches in your body. And then I thought, okay, I've identified a physical, a, a story here, something that I wrote about six months ago that's happening again. And I've been able to make a change based on that. What's been going on emotionally? What's been going on, you know, in terms of intuition? And then I started reading stories of, okay, I've got this decision to make, I've got a dilemma. Logically, I should do X, but my gut tells me I should do Y. And I could start to see that every time I went with my gut, I got a really good outcome.
2: I'm Dr. Rupi. Have a beautiful day.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.